We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello, and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 89. I'm Rando. And I'm Corey. And, ooh, you were loud just then. <laughs> were you, I, were you I, loud to you? I, I'm just talking normal. Oh, well, I may need to adjust your level here later. So, uh, anyway, this is episode 89, and I thought this was appropriate that I named the episode Landslide. Landslide. Yeah, Branson had a little uh, landslide. Uh, what, what was it? Sunday morning or Saturday night? It was three forty a.m. Sunday morning. Okay, it was in the morning. Wow, and that's because we had tremendous flooding, flash flooding. Uh, we we were having reported flooding, flash flooding in Branson, and the National Weather Service had not popped a flash flood warning for Branson. I. I I was kind of going, guys, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was driving through six, eight inches of water at Roark Valley. You know, Forsyth, we're always, uh, we're always floods, yeah. you know, and I know it happened fast. So I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, getting on anybody's case about it because when it happens that fast, you got to have the appropriate people to get out there. You got to have MoDOT to say, water over the road, don't go this way, blah, blah, blah. But at least I thought the National Weather Service would. I was kind of worried about Fall Creek, but we didn't get any anything from over there. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I mean, I don't think anything actually happened at Fall Creek. I mean, I was coming down uh, in, in reference. I mean, I had a show uh, Saturday night, so I was driving home at ten twenty-five ish or whatever, and I always come down uh, Roark Valley, and you know, I was, I, I think. I even sent the video. I, I made a video. <laughs> I sent it to you. It's like post this, post this, and and uh, got back up on seventy six. I was going down the hill to downtown, and water was just rushing over the roadway. I mean, I had to change lanes before I could get down, you know, to the intersection. And it it was just, it it was crazy. You were you out in that? I did not drive that night. Okay. I was just manning the site. Man. Kind of like opposite, <laughs> like we're normally yeah, doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You should have went live. That's what I would have done. Well, I should have, but then you know, the, then the the Facebook Live police would say you're not supposed to be Facebook living while you're while you're driving. Actually, uh, it, it was never a little. Stopped me. Yeah, well, it's a little dangerous uh, because it was pouring rain. I got uh, at Stormdar headquarters. I got four point nine inches of rain in like twenty four hours. I got five. So. And you, you got a whole five. Yeah. And, uh, you know, oh, I think I asked Brad, uh, our buddy Brad Case. He, he lives, he's downtown, Branson. I forgot what he said. He's, I think, about five. I think something like that. But you have to think. That was Thursday. Well, Sunday we had three. Yeah. So that's eight inches in a week. Insane. Yeah. Insane. 
But uh, yeah, and and so obviously there's flash flooding and coming back around full circle to the title of the podcast. Yeah, the roundabout. There's a roundabout in Branson. There's actually several, but one main one. And I call it, it, I actually call it the oval about because it's kind of round, but it's really not like a circle. See, that's the oval. That's not what I would (laughs) call the main roundabout because the circle of death is over by the hospital. Right. Yeah, that's the actual round. (laughs) That was the first. So we call it, you know, that's the original. And I've always thought, you know, that's such a perfect placement for a roundabout. (laughs) Because if something happens, the hospital's right there. I mean, we're, we're not, you know, wishing or anticipating anything happens, but... You know, I I would I'm just surprised at the amount of people that do not know how to drive on a roundabout. I I, I never know what I'm going to get when I drive through that thing. Uh, yeah, I mean I know uh, now people in Branson obviously they've been here enough to do that. You know, you know you yield, but once you're on the roundabout, you go. You do not yield for other people. the The roundabout is the the the, the right of way. Once you get on there, you go. You don't slow down. I have more near collisions on the circle of death by the hospital in the inside lane when I'm taking the exit going toward the landing. Okay, because that's yeah. a double lane exit right there, and people don't realize it who's coming from uh, downtown. Yeah, it, yeah, I agree, and that that is a very. I mean, I, it's a small roundabout for yeah. two lanes. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you got to be in. You got to know where you're going. Yeah. You number one, but then you have to figure out that the other people don't know where they're going. I mean, I've got almost gotten hit there a couple of times because. Oh, me too. Yeah, I mean, what I do is when I'm coming down. Is that veterans? They call that. Yeah. Once you exit 65 and you come go down over Rourke, right, Rourke Creek. Yeah. Going to downtown. That's I just there. stay in the total right lane. Just stay in the total right lane. It'll kind of go and veer off, and then you can go downtown. You know. Or that total right lane can come over and you can go down Rans Landing Boulevard. That's great. I agree with you that the, the, the issue is is that, is that center lane because some people think, oh, well, I'm in the center lane. I can just kind of take off this way and suddenly The you center got... lane, you can go down the landing. Right. And the people coming off veterans don't realize that. Don't Right. Because they're thinking. But they have signs that tell them that. But they're just so overwhelmed by the roundabout that they don't have in their hometown yeah it uh, right yeah it, it's i've never heard it called the and circle think, of death <laughs> and, then they think, they, and then the diverging diamond says hold my beer you know what i'm saying uh, yeah 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 it's like oh i i don't know <laughs> you know and in springfield i i mean my mother i absolutely trust my mother with anything she's well i'm not going to say how old she is but she's she she's up there and she can drive and she drives better than more than half of the people on this road right now. I, I you know I trust her implicitly and I mean you know the diverging diamonds they had in Springfield they were the first in the state. Yes. She figured that out bam. She's like, "Oh, okay, this is how you go." And she she's got it figured out. You know, and the roundabout kind of worried her because in Springfield she lives on the north side of Springfield. There's not really a roundabout there. So she had to go on a roundabout to get to her her uh, physician's new place. So I explained to her how to do it, and so she was really scared. And I said, "Just, just you're fine." And I explained to her what I just explained to everybody else. Well, you know, you yield, and once you get on it, you get on it, you go because they're waiting on you. And she aced it. I mean, just aced it. So now it's like, yeah, no big deal. I wish other people could <laughs> drive like that. Well, the thing is, people, you, you you're all going in one direction. 
and mm-hmm. and that's supposed to speed up traffic and cause less collisions, but it, yes. it does freak people out. Now, when they first put put that thing in, right about the time they put in the Branson Landing, it's been a while now, 13 or 14 years or so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. And uh, everybody was kind of freaked out about it, of course. But I, I, I took a little more caution and care for my vehicle then than I do now. I was like, I don't care. I need a new car anyway. Let them hit me. <laughs> The other day, I was going um, right down the street there, the diverging diamond. Yeah, and some old couple was going down the wrong way across the bridge. Oh no, because they didn't know. They, oh yeah. no. So. <laughs> yeah, because it, we've it got a, a lot. We've got a diverging diamond uh, as well, and I talked to my buddy Gary, who's who's brilliantly smart, and he said he said that the concept is genius because it actually lengthens. The intersection lanes by about a third. So I'm trying to figure that out because when you have to d- divide them, you have to stretch out. I mean, I don't know about the third thing, but I mean, it does make them longer. If you're into uh, what is it, uh, ar- architecture or whatever that that. I mean, I get I get the concept and it does, but still, if you've got eighty thousand cars going on there, it's not going to matter how long the intersection is. It well, you got to adjust here's the what they stop say with those lights. Things is okay. Everybody has to turn left. You never turn right on a diverging diamond, and you're never turning to where you're crossing traffic. Okay, so you go and watch. You're uh, if you're well, I, I say that the uh, like coming from the landing. If you don't go through the diverging diamond, you can turn right on the sixty-five or whatever. Yes, but you're not—you never have to cross traffic. That's kind of the purpose of those things. Okay. Yeah, I—I I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's just—you know—maybe you know some engineers did acid one day and said, "Hey, I'm going to like mess up traffic." Branson's was the third in the state. Behind, oh, really? Behind the one uh, near uh, Dickerson Park Zoo over there by the. Uh, Fairgrounds in Springfield. Oh, that that diverging diamond, yeah. And the one uh, near uh, the hospitals on National. Yes, two there, and then they put yeah. one here, and now they're everywhere. There's one in Joplin. Now, what was Springfield the first? Was Kansas City the first? I, I one of those they two were close was the, together. The, the first, yeah, and it it worked. So I'm curious, you know, to think I don't have my, you know, my Google up right now, but I'm just curious to think how many other states actually have these diverging. Di- I mean, you'd have to be in a in a, a city. You know, I get the roundabout thing because uh, I don't know. Did, Corey, did you live here before they put that oval about down there, where, yes. where they had the stoplight? Oh yeah, that, they, yeah. The, the traffic was backed up onto the bridge. Oh gosh, ever. yes, yes. And now uh, they've put the oval about and built that second bridge. And so, if you're on the first bridge in November, you're still backed up all the way downtown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. Do- yeah. <laughs> oh, it, I rarely a- take the tall one. Oh, I take tall one all the time. Really? Well, that, it's just that's the way I get to work really easy. I just go downtown and hang on. Oh, anyway, boy, we went out on that tangent. Yeah. Uh, oh, we're landslide. That's why we <laughs> we spent like eight minutes talking about about the, the 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 roundabout. Well, the oval about just when just north of there, there was a huge section on the lake side of the road that just. 
it just slid into the lake. Yeah, it did. And uh, there's pictures. We posted lots of pictures on the site. Uh, that is from flash flooding. I would love to have seen the water. I mean, I, I don't know exactly how it happened. I don't know if water was coming off of, of the mountain in there Probably. and pushing it. or Well, you never know. Because I've been around that mountain-ish area when they've had uh, we've had ice storms and icicles the size of yeah. you know semi trucks coming down there, so I don't I don't know. But regardless, that I don't think the weather service was really thinking we were going to get five, six, well, seven the, inches. The, the, the weather prediction center didn't predict it. Yeah, they, they, they were predicting some. They didn't predict that much. No, no, not at all. And I was kind of surprised. It's, and I, I guess to give them credit where credit is due, it was a, a front that just kind of stopped. And when you get those those fronts that stall and you get impulses of energy, it's going to rain. And those are hard to predict. But I think that's the second stalled front now. Think so? Well, I think that first one was a stalled front, too, on Sunday. Okay. So this and then Thursday, it seems like it's a pattern to me. They uh, go down and then they just all and, of a sudden they don't move anymore. I remember anymore. in the past when we got a bunch of rain, we had a series of stalled fronts, and this is years back. So we could have some more. We'll see. I don't know why, what would cause that, or why, or what, or when, or how. I don't know. But uh, we needed the rain, but not that much. Yeah, or I mean, we needed the rain, but maybe over a week or two, not over you know, two days, three days. That that was nuts. So yeah, and people in Forsyth even got more than that. I mean, they're talking plus five, six inches out there. They get more, a lot. You know, it, you know, it's it's. We talked about that last week. It's their you know their flower pot they rain gauges. They're sophisticated <laughs> measurement devices that they're doing out there over in that area. Um, so did you cover your plants the other day? Mm, I don't really have any. Uh, yeah, I, I thought about either. putting some out, but I never did. Yeah, I think my mother is she. She's bittersweet. She goes back and forth because sometimes when it's hot, she she'll text me and say, you know, I wish the freeze would come along so I don't have to keep watering these plants. And then when the freeze does come along, she's like, oh, I need to save my plants. <laughs> so then she takes some and puts them next to the thing. And she lives just north of town, so it's it's a little cooler out there. And I think uh, it, what I thought was funny, the National Weather Service kind of got interested in this and issued a frost advisory for everybody. And then, oh, when was it, Corey? It was like 6 or 7 o'clock that night. All of a sudden, everybody went under a freeze warning. It was crazy. It was, uh, well, we had freeze watches in Kansas and Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. frost advisory in in southern Missouri and Arkansas, and up to north, you already had the freeze warning. So we had an array Uh, of winter, you know, Cold air advisories, I call them. Yeah, colder air. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I was surprised when they pulled the trigger on a freeze warning. I, I thought, well, maybe it wouldn't be this cold I was down too. Here. I, I, I mean, I kind of raised my eyebrows. You texted me, and I, I don't know if I was in a show or I, something was going on. And you said, well, here's a freeze warning. I'm like, what? What, what? Well, Tulsa did it first, and just a few minutes later, Springfield did it, and no. that's sometimes what happens. See, they're yeah, they're coordinating together, yeah. and then you know, I think Little Rock is still waiting. <laughs> 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 I just think it's funny because Little Rock, we we think Little Rock's going to act, and they just wait, and which is fine. I mean, it's, but it's just they must not funny. be on the same conference call. Or <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but the Mountain Home or Mountain Oh. 
shoot, what is it down in Arkansas Mountain Mountain Home? Yeah, Arkansas. Right. They stayed under the the frost advisory. They never yeah. went under freeze. Um, I, I, but it was hard to tell at first because we had that severe thunderstorm watch, which kind of was a bust. I mean, I I get why they did it because of the dynamics of this thing, but really the severe weather stayed way down more in eastern Oklahoma uh, and. Fayetteville area. I mean, uh, Springdale got you know tons and tons in rain, but yeah, but yeah, and, and and watching that front, the reason I say I think it stalled is because the, all of the activity throughout Saturday afternoon kept going over these same areas or training. There wasn't any southward movement; it just stayed right there. And I thought this is kind of odd. And eventually. Bam! Then Sunday it just moved through, and was Sunday the really really cold day? No, that was yesterday. Was it? Uh, yeah. All these days are running together. It, it, it started dropping, and yeah, yesterday okay. was the. What do you say? Was Sunday? Yeah, that's what, <laughs> that's what I mean. It was like all all ouchy. Uh, no, that was been Friday, the cold day. Friday, that's it. Friday, yeah, on Saturday we officially did get down to thirty two at the airport. By the way, the airport, with mm-hmm. seven miles south of here and up on a hill. Yeah, and the wind chill was thirty, from what I could tell down there. But oh not up no! Here. Well, in Springfield, well, see that's a funny, funny thing because Springfield got you know below freezing, but then like ten days earlier they set a record high of ninety five. Crazy. Yeah. Oh, you know what? That just reminded me of something. Uh, I'm going to write something down because I'm going to talk about it uh, after the weather school. Hang on. Because I was looking for it when I was preparing the podcast, and I could not find it. And I just remembered what it was. So so you'll just have to wait, all podcast listeners. Mm. <laughs> uh, looks like we got another cold front coming through. It's going to be kind of... We're recording this, of course, Monday evening. It's not quite 9 o'clock yet, but uh, another cold front is coming through the area on Tuesday. It's going to bring some showers, maybe some thunder. I mean, I'm not impressed, Uh this thing does have moisture to work with. It's not going to be the master blaster, what we had, you know, Thursday last week or whatever. But uh, it is going to kick the temperatures down. So we're going to probably start Tuesday in the 70s. Not not start the day, but end up the the high in the 70s. And then that culprit's going to come through. Tank the temperatures again. Uh, Wednesday morning, the projected low for Branson is 40. So we're getting back down there. And Wednesday looks like it's going to be... Nice and crisp with sunny skies and the high of 60. That's 37 Wednesday night into Thursday now. Wednesday night, okay, so it's getting a little colder. Now, that's not technically frost material. I mean, they could issue a frost advisory in that. And, and we have to stress, this is typical. We said this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. We've said it on, on, the, on the website, Stormed Our Weather. Um, this is October. This is transition month. We got the hot. We're going to have these these powerful cold fronts come through. It's going to try, like I said, the baby trying to get out of the crib, trying to temperatures, trying to climb back up there, and bam, then we're going to have another cold front. Now, I haven't, uh, I, I will say this, though, after this cold front, which is not going to amount to anything. I mean, like I just said, Tuesday, some showers, some thunder, not huge deal, but temperatures are going to warm back up, and models were hinting at another major cold spell coming up on uh, 
the, the, this weekend. So I kept thinking, eh, well, mate, you know, we're going to kind of watch that. We'll talk about it on the podcast. And then I read the forecast discussion, and basically the models have, uh, they said, change the air structure to a positive P&A, meaning that there's going to be faster storm passages limiting uh, QPF. So... Uh, so you weather geeks, if you know what that all that means, it just basically means uh, what they were forecasting was a cold front, kind of kind of like last week. You know, come down, really knock temperatures down, but you got a positive PNA, which is technically, do you know what PNA stands for? Negative. Close. <laughs> it stands for Pacific North American Teleconnection. I thought that was so cool, and all that means is. It's, it's an airflow regime. Uh, when you have that Pacific North American, it's, it's the way the air is flowing into uh, North America and a, a, a how it's connecting to everything else. When you got the North Atlantic and how that air regime is going. So when you have a positive or quick P&A going on, these, these fronts are going to be very progressive. Um, so you're going to have these little snaps of, you know, a little punch of cold air, not huge, and then kind of warm back up. So uh, bottom line, a very um, progressive, fast-moving pattern, which, again, is typical for October. So there, you know, you got on that one. Um, so we'll see. I don't think it's going to do any anything. And you honestly can't look at, at a seven-day model out put and base anything factual on it. Mm -hmm. It's you just you, you you can't do that. And we say that every year. Uh, every few months. Yeah, and, and if if people think that they can, uh we put that in the category of hype because um uh, you know, people that do that, you know, two weeks out, huge snowstorm. Oh, my gosh, we're going to alert everybody, blah, 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 blah. No, you're hyping everybody because that will change. Exactly factual what we just said is because, you know, the models were saying something. Now they've completely changed. So you just got to wait like three or four days and do all that kind of thing. Uh, so have you noticed any leaves changing yet? I took a drive today to okay. Branson West because my son was broken down over there. Oh, no. Okay. So as I was heading over there, I noticed the leaves were on the verge of changing. Mm. I can't tell. It's still too early to tell if it's going to be colorful or not, though. I'm, I'm afraid that we got too cold a couple nights. Oh, really? To happen. 30s is too cold. I know. We need to be upper 40s, Upper 50s. 40s to 50s yeah. for the best color. We got the rain, but we, yeah, it's too cold. <laughs> well, we got the rain late here. Now, other places got it. You know, a lot more rain than we did in the past couple months. Mm -hmm. But they also got colder than we did. You know, up oh north. yeah. So we'll see. I, maybe it didn't get cold long enough during the night, but it probably did. I'm thinking anywhere north of 44s probably got below freezing for a few hours. Yeah, I, I mean that would really signify. I mean, I something I always hear this time of year. Excuse me, uh, with. Um, with freezes and stuff, they will say, this will be the end of the growing season. Well, I haven't really heard that much. I mean, yeah, you freeze, you're going to... Well, they didn't use the word hard, freeze. Yeah, but they rarely do around here, though. I mean, they do in Texas. Yeah, Springfield will, will, will use it if it's going to be 
28 degrees or so. They'll go one time. They'll say hard freeze. This will end the growing season or whatever. And Yeah. I'm fine with that. They can My yard could stop growing. Oh, yeah, me too. You know, I have the guys come out and, and mow my yard. It's like, mm. But it hasn't grown much. But, yeah, mine hasn't either. But but people are talking about allergies and bugs. Yes. So that's that's another positive thing with, with, with the freezes. Yes, and when, when I do uh, these uh, radio spots, Janet Ellis is really concerned about getting those bugs and i am too because they you know in the winter time they go down and they kind of hang out there but we need something really really cold we're not talking like for weeks we just need something really cold to kill those bugs out so we don't have infestations that's going to happen in the spring so and and winter's coming uh around so i'm uh i'm hoping i will be able to um help out with the radio stations on there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if anything intense is coming, we, we're, we don't have really anything intense on the way now. Okay, let's talk about the tropics. We've got some stuff going on. Uh, what was that one? Oh, what, it's M. What, what was her name? <laughs> she was hanging out, and I was going to mention her, and then I uh, looked well, she at... She was a nor'easter at first and came out and... M- Melissa, is yeah, that it? That's yeah, what it was. Which, yep. which was interesting. Yeah, she had sixty-five mile an hour winds. Movement was slow, but it was a it was a subtropical storm. Is okay, what they call it. But yeah, I mean, it just kind of appeared, and then there goes the M name. Well, I think that's you know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but do you remember last week we were talking about those two? Smaller disturbances. One was over Miami, and the other one was like gone over, you know, around the Bahamas or whatever. I think those two kind of combined. I think I read something or saw something uh, that was talking about that that they were going to kind of combine. And if that actually happened, it would move up north. It would strengthen a little. And I, there you had Melissa. Now, impactful for New York. I mean, did it dump a lot of stuff on New York? Because I, I haven't really been following it. I hadn't heard much. It wasn't a big storm. No, no. And and I figured, like I said, I figured it was still going to be there. And then all of a sudden, I go and prepare for the podcast, and then it's gone. Oh yeah. <laughs> but we do have tropical depression fifteen that just pulled off the African coast near the Cape Verde Islands. And uh, it, we're getting later in the season. I mean, we're still in hurricane season, but this particular storm, which we would think, you know, would want to rev up and start doing something, it's they're not really seeing it do much of anything. Nah. Um, so, and then we have another disturbance in the Gulf of Honduras, and yet another disturbance in what they call the Central Tropical Atlantic. And both of those had like a a five day. 20% might turn into something. So we're, we're not paying any attention to that. Uh, in the Eastern Pacific, uh, where we've had, you know, earlier in the hurricane season, really, really a lot of storms out there. We've just got one right now, a couple of hundred miles south of El, Sal- El Salvador. Uh, the five-day uh, probability that it will become something is 80%. So that's a nice, that's a nice hard orange x out there and i'm I'm sure probably later it may be now but tomorrow it'll be a red x and of course central pacific nothing uh hawaii is fine and beautiful 
all our friends out there. Uh, let's talk a second about Super Typhoon Hagibus. Um, we, we talked about Hagibus last week. Uh, Hagibus came ashore, uh, hit portions of Japan, and Japan says it's the worst storm in decades. More than 58 have been killed. Uh, it was a Category 2 when it affected Tokyo, and the eye came ashore about 7 p.m. local time on Saturday on the uh, Izu Peninsula. Izu, Izu, Izu is the Izu Peninsula, which is about 80 miles south of Tokyo. So, uh, you know, we've had some of these rapid intensification things. And What's the definition, of, the definition of a super typhoon, the same as a major hurricane? I'm pretty three year above. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. So, yeah, because uh, because Hagibus was easily remember that Cat Five just bam just ro- roared up there. So it was not a Cat Five when it when it made landfall, but it was a Cat Two and quickly went to a Cat One. And I've seen some pictures, the satellite pictures of this thing, and it is a monster. Um, and then, of course, you know, decrease. It's getting way up there in the upper latitudes, so it's gonna it's not hanging on. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people got killed, uh, and, and, you know, millions had to flee. And Japan is not a big country. No, no, no. No. So uh, we hope everything has worked out for them. Uh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I think, when is hurricane season? The end of, end of November? December 1st. December 1st is the end of hurricane season. Yeah. Okay, so we've got, another, we've got another five or six weeks of this yeah. stuff going on. After Thanksgiving, wow! How about that? <laughs> I think we need to do a a podcast on uh, all the different hurricanes and times and stuff. That would be really really fun. Okay, we had this frost and freeze, and it was the first one, the first freeze warning of this growing season. So I thought it would be appropriate to have the weather school be all about frost and freeze and what to do, uh, the best little hints and tricks of how to protect your vegetation and all different types of frost. So let's get to the weather school. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, stormed our weather school. The National Weather Service has placed the area under a frost advisory. Typically, frost can occur when the temperature falls below 36 degrees, especially in rural areas. It is a localized phenomena and can be quite variable across a small area. While the National Weather Service does not keep track of frost in observations per se, they do keep track of when temperatures hit the freezing mark or fall below. Frost becomes more widespread when the temperature falls below 32 degrees, with some freeze possible. Let's talk about the different types of frost. There's hoarfrost, also called radiation frost, and that refers to white ice crystals deposited on the ground or loosely attached to exposed objects, such as wires or leaves. 
It forms on cold, clear nights when conditions are such that heat radiates out to the open air faster than it can be replaced from nearby sources, like wind or warm objects. Hoarfrost may develop even when the air temperature a few feet above the ground is well above freezing. The word hoar, H-O-A-R, comes from an Old English adjective that means showing signs of old age. In this context, it refers to the frost that makes trees and bushes look like white hair. There's white frost, and that is a solid deposition of ice that forms directly from water vapor in the air. White frost forms when the relative humidity is above 90% and the temperature is below 18 degrees. It grows against the wind direction, and the wind can't be too strong or else it damages the delicate icy structures as they begin to form. White frost resembles a heavy coating of hoarfrost with big interlocking crystals, usually needle-shaped. There's window frost, also called fern frost or ice flowers, and that forms when a glass pane is exposed to very cold air on the outside and warmer and moderately moist air on the inside. If the pane is not a good insulator, for example, if it's a single window pane, then water vapor condenses on the glass, forming frost patterns. With very low temperatures outside, frost can appear on the bottom of the window, even with double pane energy efficient windows, because the air advection between the two panes of glass ensures that the bottom part of the glazing unit is colder than the top part. On unheated motor vehicles, the frost will usually form on the outside surface of the glass first. There's advection frost, also called wind frost, and that refers to tiny ice spikes that form when very cold wind is blowing over tree branches, poles, and other surfaces. It looks like rimming on the edges of flowers and leaves and usually forms against the direction of the wind. It can occur at any hour, day, or night. Black frost, or a killing frost, is not strictly speaking frost at all because it is the condition seen in crops when the humidity is too low for frost to form, but the temperature falls so low that plant tissues freeze and become blackened, hence the term black frost. Black frost is often called killing frost because white frost tends to be less cold, partly because the latent heat of the freezing of the water reduces the temperature drop. There's rime, R-I-M-E, and that is a type of ice deposition that occurs quickly, often under heavily humid and windy conditions. Technically speaking, it's not a type of frost since usually supercooled water droplets are involved, in contrast to the formation of hoarfrost in which water vapor desubliminates slowly and directly. Ships traveling through Arctic seas may accumulate large quantities of rime on the rigging, but unlike hoarfrost, which has a feathery appearance, rime generally has an icy and solid appearance. A frost advisory is issued when conditions warrant the development of frost, especially in low-lying areas. Frost usually forms on those cold nights with very little wind, aided by a large area of cold high pressure. 
Again, frost can develop when temperatures are above freezing, but when temps are forecasted to fall below freezing for at least three hours, then a freeze warning is issued. Freeze warnings are only issued in the fall and spring. In the fall, a freeze warning is usually issued once when the forecasted temperatures are expected to be cold enough to put an end to the growing season. Temps from 29 to 32 degrees for a few hours overnight will kill off sensitive plants, but temps below 28 degrees tend to harm the most hardy vegetation. In the spring, freeze warnings are issued after the growing season starts and is an alert to farmers and gardeners to be sure and protect their crops. Here's some things to know if you get under a frost advisory or a freeze warning in the spring. Wet soil holds heat better than dry soil, protecting roots and warming air near the soil. Bed sheets, drop cloths, blankets, and plastic sheets make suitable covers for vulnerable plants. Use stakes to keep material, especially plastic, from touching the foliage. But be sure to remove the coverings when temperatures rise the next day. When we start seeing frost advisories or freeze warnings in the fall, then we know what's just around the corner. Winter. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com and in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. And there is your chilly, cold Stormdar Weather School about frost and freeze. Hey, do you know I've had so many people in person and online complain about the weather change and their, their aches and their pains and their joints and everything. Oh, that happens, yeah. But what if they lived in Denver, Colorado this past Wednesday? Okay. Which is, uh, yeah, uh, they had a temperature drop. It was a record temperature drop of 64 degrees in 24 hours. No way. 64 degrees. Can you imagine? No, 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 wait be? a minute. You're talking like... 80 to like 20 something. 82 degrees to 29 degrees. Holy crap. I can imagine that would throw some 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 internal systems off. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. And Denver's not, I mean, it's only a mile high. Right. And that's a record, you said. It is a record. Holy cow. Now, and at one point, they dropped 45 degrees in only three hours. Wow, that would redefine the, the the our our own term master blaster in my book. Well, that's its own category. I'm, I'm not even sure that would. I mean, we'd have to invent another word yeah. <laughs> for that. Just like now, cold I don't bomb. know that they had any stormage going on with that, but it was just a powerful, powerful cold front. It's probably the same cold front that eventually came to us on Thursday on or Wednesday. Friday. Yeah, 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 yeah. I bet it so, is. So, yeah, I cannot imagine. People were out there playing golf in the shorts, <laughs> jogging in the park in shorts. Yeah. The next day, they still had the joggers out because they're you know they're dedicated, but they're all bundled well, sure. up. Of course, yeah. in Denver, I'm sure they're used to it. Mm-hmm. But can you imagine that? Sixty-four degrees in twenty-four. I, I I mean I can I can probably swallow the sixty-four degrees in twenty-four hours better than I can swallow the. 45 degrees in three hours. 
Because, like you said, I would be outside probably at the disc golf course, and all of a sudden, big wind come up and blow, and then I'm, I'm going to have my parka. <laughs> and, and this is why extreme events like this mm-hmm. is exactly why we've invested in a new system for our website. Yes. And that's a new weather station that we're going to be installing this week. And we'll be able to update on our website the temperature every minute instead of what the National Weather Service updates every hour. Seven miles south of here. Seven miles south of here. We'll be in Branson giving an accurate in Branson, not only temperature, but humidity, dew point, everything you need, rainfall rates. Uh, Yes. This is a, I think this is, and we're going to, yeah. Yeah. And we're going to mount it on the roof here of the Stormdar Media Center. Yes. This Thursday. Stormdar headquarters. Yeah. Yeah. This Thursday. Yeah. yeah, We're going to try to figure it out. So whence whence that happens. If we don't fall off a ladder. Uh, yeah, I think I think right now my back's still out, so Corey's going to be on top of the roof. I'll have to take pictures and video. I mean, there's, <laughs> I, yeah, this is pretty big for us. We now will have on our website, stormdarweather.com, actual data. To the minute. To the minute. Wind speed. What did you say? Uh, humidity, uh, barometric Everything pressure. Everything you need. And it will be able to keep records as well, right? Oh, yeah. So we can have the Stormdar Weather Branson monthly climate report. We could do that. That would be really cool. Uh, that's what we're going to do. Because we never had that before. No. Uh, you know, Corey and I have been talking about this huh. for a long, 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 long time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll make the graph. I'll make the... I'll put all the bells and whistles on it because we need to know our climactic data here in Branson. And we've had so many people ask us when I, when I issued oh, yeah. the climate report the from Springfield, they say, well, how about Branson? It's like, we don't have anything. Now we're going to have the capability to do a monthly clim- climate report for Branson. And I, I got to do this. I just, yes. It's going to be so cool to have co- that thing on, on your roof. The, well, yeah. I mean, well, we got to figure out how to do that. <laughs> well, you got to figure out how to do that, and I don't want a leaky roof either. Yeah, well, yeah. I can't, we, we I will, can't promise you anything. No, I mean, I, I know a lot of people. Uh, I mean, we have. I mean, thank you for all of our followers on our Facebook page. We have over twenty one thousand five hundred now, and we know that all of you are not podcast people. A lot of you are not podcast people, so we're gonna have do a big. Uh, to do a do to do about that once we get it up and going. So, and then we're going to have to really hit sponsors so we can pay for this. <laughs> the data is going to be just amazing. Oh, the data is going to be something that I've great. always wanted to have. Me too. Ever since I was a little kid. So we're, we're self sufficient in that department now. And we should yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's going to be kinks. We're going to have to figure out how this is going to work. How uh, There may be bugs, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I don't, don't foresee any bugs. No, I mean, and this is a nice little weather station, too. It is. So. Solar, solar powered. We don't have to worry about that. I know. <laughs> it has a self-emptying rain gauge. And it has a. Because I ain't crawling up on the roof. It has, every- it has what you. What every rain gauge, I think, should have is a. It's a pieces that goes over the rain gauge to where the the opening is is a pretty good five inch diameter yeah but 
it encloses a tiny hole in the middle of that. And what that opening does and what that hole does is it filters out all the bugs and the leaves and everything to where it only it can still measure the rain with keeping all the, the, the stuff out of oh, it. Oh, that's awesome. So that'll be nice. That's going to be great. And think I, I because I have uh, a Pages app or you know the app for mm-hmm. the for Mac. And I can make all these graphs and I can, you know, and all the stuff I don't know how to do. I'll give to you because <laughs> because you're the graphics guy. You know, I'll try to put music to it. I don't know. Well, I, what'll be nice is you. We can check the rain rates per hour. What we're rain what we're rates? Getting, what yes. we're getting per hour. What we're getting per day. Yeah. Per week. Per month. And we'll never have to go outside during the rain. We can watch I it know. add up from from my little display <laughs> in here, and you can watch it add up online, and it'd be nice, nice to have. Yeah. So we are really, really excited. You heard it here on podcast at number eighty nine. That uh, that what we've been talking about for a while is actually going to come to fruition. We'll be l- delivered Wednesday. Yes. So we're going to get in this all as quickly as possible Woo-hoo! on Thursday. Yeah. So we're going to try to try to figure this out. I've already got it all registered. I've I the ID has assigned everything's assigned. All I got to do is is do the hard part and 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 mount it. Install it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're yeah we're we're gonna I've, see. I've been watching YouTube videos on how to mount these things, and I saw one <laughs> mounted <laughs> on the backboard of a of a basketball goal. I was like, what are you doing with that? You know, it's like eh, I wouldn't do that because no, it kind of sways in the wind. And all. Well, no, it's got to be sturdy. You know, I mean, I mean, and they're designed to attach to houses and roofs and right. stuff, and you know, or out in 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 the yard. I think it'll be safer being up on the on the roof, yeah. Too, and, and especially if it's got G, GPS stuff. I mean, it's going to go right into the router, um, uh, Wi-Fi, and it will have all this stuff and a uh, little display, and it will go like you said. You registered everything, so now it can go directly to our website, and we can have the official Stormdar weather up to the minute weather record data. That'll be great. Current observations up to the minute. I am excited. Not only have I had issues with the observation unit at the Branson Airport that we've used, and 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 Springfield National Weather Service uses, and everywhere uses. Sometimes I think in winter it gets stuck on a temperature and it feels like it's not updating to me. Well, and 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 Lars well, might do that too. I mean, you know, we're gonna have to see. <laughs> it says it's raining when it's not, and that's been recent. Oh, I know. And I think I took a screenshot. It said, you know, sunny with rain. It's yeah, what? Clear, clear with rain. Cl- and, clear with rain. Like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. That's that. No, <laughs> that, it that, wasn't raining. Uh, and it wasn't clear either. But there are so <laughs> many different things that this will help us with. One being that one is miles and miles out of town. Right. Elevation is different out there. Mm-hmm. We're close to town. We're close. To we're fairly close to downtown. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm about. Uh, I'm a little less than two miles from Taney Como, so I'm not that far away. That's from the way the crow flies, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. Not, well, it's one point eight miles from the roundabout. So that's perfect. If you drive it, that's so perfect. it's like it's like yeah, one and three quarter mile from downtown Branson. Yeah, that's perfect. Which is fine. And we in my ha- my house, oh, Stormdrift headquarters is protected in a way because we're kind of. We're not in a valley. We're we're just kind of protected from the main 
whatever, which kind of, I think, saved us from that uh, leap day tornado because uh, we were a little bit lower elevation. You, so you're lower than the surrounding areas. You're lower than my house by 30 feet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what the GPS said is around 880. And Taney Como is 700, is about around 700. So I'm technically about 150, 160, 70 feet higher than Taney Como is. That makes sense. Yeah. I would. I, I drove my wife to work today, and you know that the uh, overlook on uh, one sixty. Oh yeah, that overlooks Taney Como. Mm-hmm. I I I got the elevation, and that's one hundred feet higher than your house. Hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Well, now if you think about it too, um, if you leave by house and go the back way seventy six to uh, Forsyth, which I'll be doing in about. Yeah. 30 minutes. Yeah, once you hit that roundabout and everything, it goes way up yeah. to get to Forsyth. So, yeah, right. that would make sense to me. It's mm-hmm. 10 stories higher. But on the water, for story. Yeah. that would have to be lower elevation. Yeah. So so if it's higher than my house, yeah, that would be about 200. Like Kind of like the Table Rock Dam, which is 215 feet. Yeah. 210, 200. Yeah, because Table Rock's power pole is, is 915 and then Taney Como's power pull is 705. Seven. Yeah, right. So that's... And then it goes down to six something for Bull Shoals. Right. Yeah. Well, all goes downhill. Now, Unless you're up Beaver is like over 1,000. Well, yeah, it's way up there. Yeah. And I've been watching... You know, We talked about this last week, uh, about all that water going into Beaver and stuff. I'm so glad that you put Beaver on our lake levels. Now now we have mm-hmm. four lake levels. Beaver, Bee, Beaver, Beaver, Table Rock... Taney Como and Bull Shoals, which made total sense to me. Right. Although Beaver's not a Branson area lake, it feeds into the Branson area lake. Uh, right, yeah, because if Beaver starts letting a lot of water out, it's going to go right into Taney Como. So we basically or, no, every, Table Rock, every, yeah. every lake or reservoir on White River before it hits the mm-hmm. Mississippi. Yeah. So it's nice. It, it is. It is. So Hey, you know what? I, I just what? got I just got a an updated some breaking news. What? Am I supposed to sing something? Oh, oh, breaking news! Oh, no, that's breaking news. I just well, I got I got this updated, <laughs> just posted fall foliage graphic from my my buddy, yeah. my friend and former coworker Travis Meyer in, Ooh, in yeah. Tulsa. In Tulsa. All right, and he, uh, this corresponds very well with what actually is happening right now. Uh, it has the entire Ozarks area and southern one, uh, southern two-thirds of Missouri in the the leaves are turning category. Okay. Leaves are turning. Not there yet. It has leaves are turning. And it also has the northeastern part of Oklahoma in, the, in that same category. The leaves are turning category. North, uh, Green County, or Green County as Springfield, but Green Country is the entire northeast part of Oklahoma. Oh, okay. Oklahoma is divided up into four or five different uh, regions, and they all have their name, and, and northeast Oklahoma is called Green Country. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. You, now you do. Wow. The more you know. <laughs> huh. Anyway, uh, up in Montana, North Dakota, northern Wyoming, they are past their peak. Now, the peak right now is going from Seattle down to Boise, down to Albuquerque, 
and then it goes all the way up to Minneapolis and north of Chicago. So we're nowhere near the peak here in the Ozarks. Okay, that, you, that makes sense. You have uh, moderate all the way from Minneapolis to Omaha. And then from Omaha down to Tulsa, you have turning or turning. And I noticed that mm, today okay. on the high road. They're turning. They're on the verge of turning. I could tell. So I'm going to take another couple drives out there this week and, and see how things are progressing. Now, this is interesting. Since Tulsa and Green Country in Oklahoma is in the same category as, as uh, Southern Missouri and Northwest Arkansas, it says the Green Country peak color is forecast for early November. Okay. Which is still three weeks or two, two, three weeks away. Yeah. Yeah. If we get some good weather, and, and yeah. That, and that happens, you know, it's been anywhere from now until the first week of November. Last week, last year was a little late. Yeah. Uh, Did I've, we have anything last year? We, no, we had like one that one day. day yeah. That and one it was day. So. Yeah, it was like gloomy and yucky. It was so gloomy and yucky that I couldn't take any pictures. Mm -hmm. If it would have happened a day day like today... Oh, it's a beautiful... It's a beautiful color. But I've seen some some different graphics floating around where the peak is a little lower in the country than than what it actually is. Okay, yeah. So uh, we're still... We're still a couple weeks away, I would say. Yeah, I mean, and I've I've heard that I I I think isn't that right around the Halloweenish, you know, a couple weeks, first of November is kind of the the prettiest fall pictures I ever took in my life was here in Branson on the high road on Halloween. On Halloween, there you go. But it was a long time ago. I was on yeah. KY three and KSPR news that night with my pictures. Oh no way! But, but it had to been. Six or seven years ago. Yeah, I was going to say years ago. Well, yeah. I mean, it's been kind of crappy since then. It's at least 2013. Let's just hope that this frost, freeze, whatever happened, didn't kill everything. That's, because, that's uh, my concern. We'll see. I, yeah, I, yeah, I don't you know. You never know. People say different things about fall color. Oh, we won't have fall color because of this. Oh, because of that. And yeah. Sometimes we're surprised and sometimes we're disappointed. We, it's a wait to see thing. Yeah, I'm writing down stuff we're going to have to talk about next week. But uh, yeah, I'm just getting all these ideas. I'm 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 very creative. Well, I've I've been in really rehearsals. Today's been a day for me, so I hope I don't sound like stupid or anything. <laughs> anyway, I think it's time right now. We need to get to the next segment, which is this week in weather history. So, Corey, what you got? Well, this week in weather history, I got a couple here. October twelfth, nineteen seventy nine. There was a typhoon, and this typhoon was, you know, way over there from near Japan. But an aircraft measured the pressure of eight eight hundred and seventy millibars. Oh wow, that's low. And it was a typhoon tip. T I P was the name. Okay. It was the lowest pressure ever recorded in a tropical cyclone, and it's also the largest cyclone on record, with a diameter of. 1,380 miles. That no would way! Take it. I'm looking at a map, and they superimpose the typhoon over the United States, and it goes from Canada to Mexico. No! Can you imagine that? Uh-uh. Wow. Circular winds. 1979. That 
stretches from Canada to Mexico. Yeah, that's what. what that's a huge yeah. typhoon. Uh, I can't even imagine. At eight, eight, seven. Is that what you said? Eight, eight hundred. See anything? Eight seventy. Yeah, because because you and I were getting like really like blown away when uh, one of those hurricanes got down to like nine hundred and twelve or something. We thought, oh my god, that's just so. This is eight hundred. Yeah, that. Wow. What if it did a lot of it damage? It doesn't t- talk about too much of damage. It could have been over the ocean. I don't know. It didn't t- talk about mm, fatalities okay. or anything like that. I have another one somewhere here. Let's see. La, 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 Ooh, I have la, something la, else, too. I'll, I'll bring that up later. you got lots of stuff over there. There was another hurricane. A lot of hurricanes. This well, we're here. still in hurricane season. If only I could find it on my my telephone device. Oh, here we go. Your telephone device. Um <laughs> The Great Hurricane, meaning before hurricanes were named, the Great Hurricane (laughs) of 1780 is the deadliest in the Atlantic. It pretty much took the same path as what Dorian took. It went over maybe, I can't tell if it's Puerto Rico or the Dominican Republic, up to the Bahamas and then turned. Mm -hmm. The deadliest... On record in the Atlantic, killing over twenty-two thousand people. Dear Lord, can you imagine? Now, what year was that? That was seventeen eighty. See that? Yeah, back when before they had, you know, WSR eighty-eights. I guess. Wow. Or satellite. It's anything. Or anything. Wow. Yeah, th- those things are just so deadly because back then you don't know if they're coming. I mean, right. and you said this was the Great Hurricane, the Great Hurricane of seventeen, as opposed to the of the terrific hurricane. Yeah, or, the spectacular or, was a little lower than that. Yeah, yeah. wasn't that last week you were talking about that? The, <laughs> yeah. the terrific or is like, wait a minute. Yeah, I don't think they mean. <laughs> wow, that's intense. There's lots of stuff that I'm, I'm surprised you're finding stuff going back into the 1700s. That's the well, 16th century. When you have a hurricane that kills 22,000 people, yeah. People rec- record that, I guess. And it kind of went in Dorian's path, which means basically, it went over the Bahamas, kind of kissed, yes. kissed the shore. It may have not touched the the same parts of the Bahamas, but it, it did definitely touch the Bahamas. I wonder if the Bahamas were the Bahamas back then. I don't know. We'll have to get some of our historical research people uh, on listen to the podcast tell us because right. uh, I'm going to forget after we do <laughs> Wow, very very fascinating and you know what else is fascinating? What's that? Our next segment It's the weather word of the week and this week's Stormdar weather weather word of the week is Tefagram Tephagram, you did it. Well, it's one of four. Uh-huh. One of four thermodynamic yes. diagrams commonly used in weather analysis and forecasting. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I mean, it had some other, um, you know, a further definition of it, and it was way over my head, so I just kind of left it over there. But but what I can tell you is they, they use uh, the National Weather Service and all these meteorological societies use certain graphing. Uh, you've heard us talk about a skew T graph, which measures. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, it's kind of a cousin of that. They use, they kind of help that. It's a thermodynamic 
type of plot. And if you actually see it, it kind of looks like a skew tee in a way. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to have to do a weather school on skew tee because it's, uh, it, it's intense. I'm surprised you haven't already, actually. Yeah, you know, I'm going to write that down. I'm writing a lot of stuff down. Yeah, watch it. We'll never get into the podcast <laughs> next week. <laughs> Yeah, a, a, a tephagram, T-E-P-H-I-G-R-A-M, tephagram. Now, I can't say that our weather station won't, won't, won't you know. No. <laughs> yeah. now, now, what did you name it? It's Stormdar 1? Is that the... Stormdar Weather 1. Stormdar Weather 1. Yes. Yes. Meaning... Yeah. Maybe that we could expand to two, three, four, Ooh. five in the future and build a network in this area. How about that? We Wouldn't can that find nice? some some host families, people around the area that, uh, yeah, we need to get Storm Door Weather 2 up in your neck yeah. of the woods. And uh, I wanted to get one with my mother, but she doesn't have Wi-Fi. To steal the neighbors. Oh. <laughs> I, bet, I bet I could do that. Just tell them it's for the greater good of... Humanity. Yes, humanity, and you can you can see all the all the things on our storm door weather site. <laughs> How's those M and M's, Corey? Well, <laughs> is there any left? They're chocolatey, <laughs> but they're hitting the spot. You know, that's what happens. If I had some pretzels or something salty to go with them, maybe you, next time. You know, I need to get some more salty things. I don't have salty. I mean, I've got potato chips, but something like a same. mix. Yeah, yeah. Right. A trail. Maybe some nuts or something. Yeah. I need. I also need to get. Yeah. I need to take a picture because I'm going to kind of redo. I want to redo these uh, podcast tables. My mother has said she would help me getting some nice covers for these things. I mean, it's, it's kind of messed up right now. And it'd just be a lot easier. But uh, so, Mom, I know you're listening, and I need to get those measurements to you so we can go to Hobby Lobby and get. I found the material. I just need the measurements so she can put it together. And yeah. hey, I just I just got some new information. Is it breaking news? It's it's a continuation of of a past story. You have a All right. close there. Okay. Well, I remember how we said the Denver set a record. Oh yeah, yeah. However many, 64 degrees. Mm -hmm. Well, in the past, the same October 10th to October 11th, which is pretty much the same day, Midland, Texas had a record high of 95 degrees, a record high, 95 degrees, which uh, broke a previous record of 94 in 1965. Cold front came through. 24 hours later, they were at 40 degrees. Whoa. So... I see a, I I see you know it's the same cold front that came through here, but it's awful early. It's still October. That's in Midland, Texas. Well, okay, I think this is just a freak because yeah, I saw it coming and it was just powerful. And you remember uh, the massive snowstorm? I mean, North Dakota was getting not inches, feet of snow. North Dakota. Montana, Montana, Washington, Wyoming, Northern Colorado. Yeah, this was. I think this was just a freak. But uh, those snowstorms aren't the same system. I think no. I think we're heading into a pattern. Uh, yeah, a more winterized. You, you've pattern. mentioned this before to me. I mean, we're. I think this year we haven't. We haven't done one in a, in a couple of years. But I think this is going to be a year we really need to do our storm door weather, winter weather outlook. I really, really do, and I'm anxious. We better about start it. researching that because it's getting about that time. I, you know, actually, I have started researching okay. that, um, and I, I, it's gonna get cold. Gonna get cold. It might snow, but I, <laughs> but I think we need to like not, 
you know, make our predictions on snow days because we we never get it even close to right. So if we say one, we're going to have like 15. Like 15, exactly. Two weeks. And then this huge, you know, 36-inch snow and then, none, no, you know. I just feel like the earth has entered a psych, a different pat- pattern or cycle. Uh-huh. I feel like well, yeah. we're more likely, not not necessarily likely, but things are are leaning toward more of a winter to me. I, I I I I have nothing to base that on except for a gut feeling. Yeah, and we've said well two things since you brought that up. Number one, we definitely go on gut feeling. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we take all the data, we take everywhere, and I but mean, we I, let you know it's gut feeling. It's not. Yeah. It's not. This is what we're yeah. feeling, and I. Matter of fact, I think for years we've said that it's like, and if we post something, we'll say this is Rando's gut feeling or Corey's gut feeling because there's no data for that's gut. It's going to yeah. go out that far anyway. No, nah. So nah. It's just basically what people think. Yeah, but what you've also said for months, we're due. We're due. Well, we haven't had them, a, that's, that's for sure. We haven't had a snow. That's a for sure thing. Yeah, I because it will happen. Oh yeah, we will get socked in with with, with two feet of snow someday. When is that? But when is it right? That's that's the <laughs> that's trick. The, it yeah. will happen, mm-hmm. but we need to figure out if it's in the near term or or not. Yeah, and I don't want ice. We've had ice, and that will happen too. That uh, that will happen too. But and I'm talking snow. from now to from a hundred years from now. Oh yeah, it will happen. <laughs> We will be without power from now till from from a hundred years out. Yeah, no, so I don't at want some that. point, no, no, no. I, I it will power. happen, and 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 I, and we're due. Yeah, we're due. It's been a long time. And so, twenty fifteen was the last snowish. Was that what? It uh, wasn't a big one, but we had something. But still, well, that's four years ago, and next year would be five years ago. So that's that's a while. Well, we haven't we haven't had a what I would call. A substantial snowstorm since my they week my daughter was born and, and she'll be six in in December. Yeah. So yeah. the first week of December of two thousand thirteen is when we had more of a substantial snow. I had to go out and shovel. Right. I mean, we've had snow since then. Mm-hmm. But either it warmed up quickly after and it just melted right off. Well, yeah, and I'm I'm okay bunch. with that. I'm okay with well, getting the, the powerful snow and then, yeah, but I think we're due. I I, I think I we're due too. for a good week long snow on the ground. Yes. Not, not not a week long snowstorm, but snow on the ground. Yeah. Why don't we make it in January? Well, that's I would like that because then I don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> that would be what I would would be thinking was January and February. Yeah. Well, maybe not February because we start back up in February. January, I'm hey, off. That's what I want to do. <laughs> we're not in charge of that. No. No, I know. Well, see, I, I, I knew it was probably weird because I had to go up and light my mother's uh, – uh, she has gas, uh, heat. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Make not, sure you get a carbon monoxide. Oh, she's got one. Okay. one At least one, maybe two. That's I don't know. Good. She's got two. Oh, yeah. She's very. And they go off. She's like, oh, it's going off. And I don't That's know. Yeah. <laughs> so she gets her neighbor, comes down there, and it's like, it's like, yeah, okay, you're, you're good. You know, she's, I mean, no, she's. That's a, that's really good. Yeah, if you if you have gas heat or even a gas stove, if you you know, I have cooking, in my house. I have no gas. 
I have a fireplace and electric. I See, I'm all electric, and I don't have a, I don't have any gas. So if we're going to have a major ice storm that's going to knock out power, I'm going to your house. Yeah, because <laughs> sure. you got heat. Yeah, I won't have heat over here. We've we've had a, the fireplace place lit. At least four times the past week. I don't know if my mom's had her fireplace lit or not. She she kept talking about taking wood. She's got the wood that back behind the you know that huge tree I talked about. Oh, the yeah. huge. She's got lot, lots of wood. So I don't know if she's brought it down or not. But well, we're it, just using it because we've never had a wood burning fireplace. We've had a, oh, yeah. a fireplace where we could flip a light switch and it comes on and a remote control and it comes on and, that, and uses gas. But I've never had the since I've been married for twenty some odd years never had a wood burning fireplace which is something i like more about a wood burning because it it smells i was gonna say don't you love the crackle of the (sighs) yes i love it so so how many marshmallows have you roasted well we also have a fire pit in the back oh you got the fire pit i Ah. have a brick fire pit which is great. It's huge. And we've done hot dogs and, and s'mores and, and everything. Had mm-hmm. the band over, high school band, you know, people over. So that gets used often. We haven't done any in the house yet, which could be a mess. But <laughs> well, I, yeah, I sent them outside could, for that. It could be a mess, yeah. But uh, we have had that lit. And, and, and it. I turned the heat off completely on the night it got down to 30. And my bedroom's got frid- frigid. Yeah. My wife was working overnight. Oh, so you were, you were good. <laughs> She's a nurse and she was working overnight. So the kids asked if they could blow up the mattress and set in front of the fireplace. So we slept in front of the fireplace all night oh, long. Oh, how cool. I got toasty. But my older one, who's 20, 21 years old, decided to sleep in his own bed and he froze all night because I turned the heat off <laughs> the rest of the house. Like a good father would, yeah. But I saved money. <laughs> My kids froze, but we saved money. We saved money, and that's what I'm going to do this this week. Like you want to, you want to be warm. You come in here with us. Oh, dude, you're cracking me up. (laughs) I love it. We're going to use that fireplace. Well, yeah, I know. Well, you know that's that's the thing. I also thought of where I can get some bulk wood. You let me know because I'll I'll go buy it and haul it to my house. Oh yeah. Well, in Springfield, I know where you can. I know where I can in Harrison too, and they'll deliver it. Oh really? Only in Boone County, it cuts off up here, so I I don't know anywhere in Branson. Oh, that I haven't seen anywhere in Branson. There's got to be places. Branson so West. I'm, I'm in the market for some firewood, a bunch I can stack up in the backyard. Yeah, so if anybody knows that, send us a, an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com uh, or message us on our Facebook page and let Corey know where he can get some firewood. Because, again, if we get snowed in and power's going out, I'm going over to your place. Absolutely. Well, we'll, we'll go raid Walmart and then we'll, we'll oh, have yeah, a... Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I have a freezer full of meat, so you can just come and oh, man. grill some burgers on the... Well, we in, need in to get Stormdar Weather 2 up yeah. at your house so we can do that. <laughs> oh, man. We talked about everything today on this podcast. What about those roundabouts? <laughs> Diverging diamonds, roundabout. I don't know. I mean, I think we're all going to go in circles one day. You, do you remember back in the seventies when we had, you know, the Jetsons and those little things? They said by the year two thousand, we're going to be space traveling and stuff. I always wanted a flying car. Yeah. Well, like, you know, if you go down seventy six really, really fast, eventually you're gonna that car is going to fly. Mm, sure. Uh, it's not. I would not suggest it. It's not going to be a good thing. We have one of the things. I wanted two things when I was a little. And, of course, the 70s for me was three years old. I wanted a, uh, <laughs> on my on this certain TV show I watched, it was called The Great Space Coaster. <laughs> they had 
a handheld video phone to where it was a little TV and they could see the people they were talking to, which I have in my pocket right now. <laughs> and they had fine cars, which I do not have. It's just a matter of time, man. I hope so. Just a matter of time. There, you know, we, We've got all this technology. All we need is 5G. 5G everywhere. And 5G we're is going to change everything. I know. Everything. It will change cable, <sighs> internet. It will change everything you do. It'll change the color of my house. <laughs> it will. <laughs> oh, man, I think we need to wrap this up. Oh, we've been talking like a long time. Wow. Uh, got anything else to add before we sign off here? Uh, no. No? Okay. We'll have some more M&Ms. We'll go up to that. I will. Okay, let's wrap this thing up. Be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your news feed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Also, check out our website and our merch store at stormdarweather.com. Well, that does it for this time, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast. Podcast.